Me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Greg Romero Wilson, one of my best friends. Probably the hardest guy to follow in comedy. Uh, <laughs> anybody says. There was one night where, like, I had to follow. It was Dane Cook back in Dane's prime. People don't realize how fucking right. It was Dane Cook, Daniel Tosh, Kramer, uh, before he had the meltdown. And people, right, before he had the meltdown when people still loved it when he came out on stage. Carlos Mencia. Back when he had like the mind dementia, and then me, uh, I went and it was like five standing ovations in a row. Uh, people, looked, <laughs> that sounds like a laugh factory lineup. That's what that sounds like. It was. People looked at me like they were. They felt sorry for me. Like it was one of those things where like they looked at me again, like like this was like my win, my, my like make a wish or something. Like, they looked at me. <laughs> like you did, you did really, you did your part up there. You really tried. Uh, no, I, no, that's when I got up. No, I, I did well. I, did, I actually did, I did well. If I would have actually... I'm like, sure you did. No, I'm sure you did. But but then, like, to make it... But then, like, three people stood up to give me a celebration, like everyone else. It was almost more insulting. Because everyone else got, like, full set of <laughs> I had, like, three people that stood up. Like, it, I, 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 hey, I, listen, that's still tough to do. On a killer lineup like that, that is tough to do. Yeah. That, was in the hey, that was in the heyday of the Laugh Factory, though. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, well, I was just, uh, I feel like every comedy club in LA has their, like, has their time. It does, it has a peak moment, and I think a lot of it revolves around having, like, one or two of those peak comics that are, are part of your family, and so it becomes about that place. I mean, at that point, Dane Cook was the Laugh Factory, and the Laugh Factory was Dane Cook. And so that, so that was their, their heat, that was their juice, you know? And Daniel Tosh, but Tosh was more of an improv guy. It, like if you don't live in LA, I feel like you didn't realize how big Dane Cook was. Like like Dane Cook, when I first came out there, he packed he single handedly packed Dublin's with like three hundred of the of the hottest women you've ever seen from Orange County with like yeah. with like no TV credits. And then he just blew up like nationally, you know. But it was like he was at one point like, I mean, he was so good. He was he was so he was so good at what he did. Um, he almost invented a genre of like storytelling sound effect fucking crazy comedy that was just like wild and like kind of smart and like but uh yeah everyone very similar to brendan schaub's comedy i heard (laughs) (laughs) very reminiscent yeah except for the smart funny and right (laughs) (laughs) that goes out uh, you know what I you know what and I hate to compliment Dane because I know Dane is a person yeah and well not even I mean I sort of know him I mean just having been around him during that exact time when he was at his absolute zenith and he was such a, a miserable person to be around it's tough for me to compliment him but I will say this in, in all honesty he was one of the most electric performers I've ever seen in stand-up comedy I mean as simple as yeah. that when he took the stay I mean he was he, he his presence 
and energy on that stage were undeniable. And it's tough for me to say that knowing what a horrible person he is off stage. But God damn it, he was beautiful to watch on stage. And that's yeah. the truth. And that's the, when he cared. This is when he was hungry, when he was still riding all the time, when he would really give his all on stage. And it was weird because the second he hit where he always thought he could believe, he resented having to give that much energy again. Also, and, I think and, he also got attacked by everybody. I mean, he was like public enemy number one by comics. And, and it wasn't even like all the alternative comedy scene just used to take fucking shots at him. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, well, he, again, he cultivated a lot of that on his own. I mean, he if he hadn't been such a dick to everyone else, maybe people would have celebrated his success. But he was so bad to every other comic that, I mean, it just it just made people hate him. It just made people hate him. And it made people hate his success more. And I hate to say it, but I mean, I, 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 I. I, I, he was already successful by the time I started working with him. But I mean, I was just like, wow, this guy is a fucking dick. I feel like we're still talking about Shab. <laughs> See, I don't know Shab personally, so I don't know if he's a, I mean, he seems like maybe he's a great guy. I have no idea. Yeah, not really. <laughs> so um, over the weekend, I had an audition uh, and it was like 25 pages they gave me. Uh, oh, I hate that. Uh, put it on, put it on, on tape. We have like a 20, you have a one day to do it. It was yeah. like five scenes and like six scenes in each scene. And I was like, so I just did, I'm like, fuck it. I got to work on my acting. Got to work on it. I fucking did it. And then they called me. I got a call back, but, but they're like, Hey, we want you to meet the cast for a callback. I'm like, just give me the part. Like, like I, I just did 25 pages. <laughs> No, since it's gone to self-tapes of yeah. us just doing it on our own, they've gotten really indulgent about what their, their ask. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're like, we want this, we want two different takes, all three scenes, put it all together into one single file, don't forget to slay, turn sideways, do all this, and we want it by tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. It's, it was crazy. it's like they act like we have literally nothing else possibly to do except yeah. just do that now. The wor- did they ever tell about the worst audition I ever did went for punk? Did they ever tell about that audition story? For no. Punk? no. So, so I was back in the day when punk was like the big show and I had an audition for it and I, and I was good friends with Ahmed Ahmed. I'm still good friends with Ahmed Ahmed. And he was like, hey man, what I did was I punked the casting directors of like, I told them, hey, thanks for the part, but no thank you. And then I go, you're punk. And, and, that, and that got him the part. He's like, it's different casting people now. You should do that, right? So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. All right, let's do that, right? So I go in there and I wanted a monologue. I did a monologue for Chasing Amy. And I, or I did my Chasing Amy monologue. And then like, I, it went really well because I didn't care because I knew I was going to punk them. I had no, like, that's when you know it goes wrong. Right. It was shit. So they're all like people are crying. It was just great. Then I go, you know what? There's like four ladies in there. I go, MT, MTV is fucking, you guys are the worst. You're such hypocrites. You have shows like Safe Sex followed by Cancun Spring Break. You have like stay in school specials. Meanwhile, there's 5,000 kids outside TRL who aren't in fucking school. You ruin music. You have Jersey Shore. You're the worst thing to happen to music ever. Like since like, I don't know, Ace of Bass. I just went off, right? And then I go, their look of horror on their faces. And I go, you're punked. They go, security. I, I go, no, I'm kidding. Get, get it? I like punk you. Like out, leave. I'm like, but this is like, I'm like, but I'm, I'm kidding. Like security, that fucking security guard walks in. 
Dude, they escorted me out of the place. Like, like they had zero sense. Oh, shit. Now, at this point, I'm like, maybe they're punking me. Maybe this is like, you know. Totally, like, exactly. That would have been the perfect. That's what I'm wondering. No, no. My agent called me up. He's like, that did not go well. They want an apology. I had to write a fucking apology about it. Like, they didn't even call me back in. It, it went so fucking horrible. But, you know what's so funny? It's like one of the things they teach you, they're like, listen, if you can't win the role, win the casting director. Oh. And you're like, no, I'm going to make sure they never want to see me again for anything. No, but dude, there was one lady in the room, right? One lady <sighs> like called me in like 20 times after that. She got a different job. She kept calling me in for everything. So she actually probably liked me. Oh, so you did. You did win one person. That's great then. But then she committed suicide. Uh, so it, it goes, yeah, it goes. This wow, yikes. Really that that way, got dark really fast. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, uh, McCorkle, so Father's yeah. Day, right? I, I post a picture on my Facebook. Dad, I love <laughs> you. Happy Father's Day. Fucking this guy writes, must be nice having a dad that's still alive. Like, <laughs> like, like, now, when you say this guy, you're not, you, you I, it's not me. No, you, me. You said it a, me. Like, no, no, fucking McCorkle over here. He oh. writes on my Facebook. <laughs> Like, like, like everyone's like love your dad great guy like, i know i was like what a guy i love yeah, and, then, and he writes like fucking must be nice having the father still i'm like thank you like that, that that's your comedy isn't it that's your sense of humor just to fucking and that's yeah, what, that's I, just, I like to make people feel awkward even people i'm friends with just feel a little bit awkward yeah it's like the time he did stand-up comedy you hear about the time he stand up comedy greg he like brought a girl he had anal sex with and he gets on stage and, he, and like he does one joke and he goes, I don't care if you're laughing because I fucked that girl in the ass. And then his date gets up and leaves. She's all fucking horrified. Uh, and then that's his comedy act. He's like a fucking Andy Kaufman over here. Like, yeah, like that's. <laughs> well, you know, it could be argued Andy Kaufman wasn't funny either. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, anyway, how, how are you doing, Greg? What's going on with you? Uh, you know, you know, life is life. Life don't let you relax. I'll tell you that. Just when you think things are okay, man, it it just it's it'll, it'll take it out of you from somewhere. So you know, we'll we'll dealing with stuff, but we'll get through it, yeah. and that's the way it goes. It's family business, and anybody who knows me knows my family's got its own. It's it's turbulent waters, and uh, but we'll we'll. Uh, but luckily, I'm going there on Thursday, so I'll be able to see them and hopefully settle everything down and everything will be okay. So. And Sean, you, how you doing? Uh, hanging in there, man. Still going crazy with my back issues. So they moved my MRI today. So it's just, I don't know. We'll see them. Trying to find a fix. I was going to do stem cells in South America, but it's 40 grand with no guarantees. And I was like, yeah, I'm not paying $40,000 for you to make there's it. A, there's a couple of stem cells people who do it here in the U.S. There's a guy in uh, Vegas that does it. And I know there's a guy in El Paso that does it. Yeah, I guess they could get around the rules down there, though. And they could give you like 100 times as much as they can give you here. Oh, uh, right. America, so. yeah. yeah. There's this place that a ton of UFC guys have gone to. It's where Matt Hughes is going. Uh, a lot of people got videos with them. But it's just too much money for me to blow, man, on it. No guarantee of fixing my back. So. Wow, that's strange because, you know, you keep spending 10000 on dogs that do nothing. <laughs> so, it's, so it seems like 40000 on a medical procedure that does nothing is right in your wheelhouse. At a, at a, at a pond in his backyard. Fucking... We, we had a look at a list of your expenditures. No one would question it. <laughs> yeah, it's a pond in my front yard, actually. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, no, the dogs will make me money in the long run. Like, I should, uh, I should make 20 or 30 grand on the first litter. So. Got it. Got it, got it. So, well, we know where that money's going to go. 
So right, not to my back. Uh, right. That's too bad. So some fights over the weekend. Uh, should we talk about the good fights or the ridiculous fights? I, I, I don't know. I mean. Well, I didn't watch the ridiculous ones. So let's talk about the good ones first, and then you guys can talk about the ridiculous ones. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Korean zombie, uh, you know, Henry Cejudo hit me up, and he was like, man, this guy's really getting better at wrestling. He's really and – and, like, you know, I'm like, Henry, you're an Olympic champion. How? Come on. Give me a break. Like, sometimes when you're so good, you, you, don't, you don't even realize how people – how good everyone else is or, or they aren't because you're just so far ahead. But he was right. I mean, yeah. fucking Korean zombies now a wrestler? Uh, like, I, I don't even know if Dan uh, Ige just didn't expect that or that was the last thing he thought was going to happen. But he just dominated Ige every single time with the wrestling. I literally expected it to be 50-45 on all three cards. I really did. The fact that none of them were 50-45, and in fact, two of them, it was a 2-3, I was, I was shocked. Because yeah. to me, he just dominated Ige every minute of every round. There was no part of it where I thought Ige was, was winning the fight. Yeah. Sean? Yeah, that was the last fight on my parlay that I had several parlays with that <laughs> fight going to uh, Ige. And uh, I... In, I was like, this ain't gonna go my way. I knew it, man. Knew it. You know what? And I remember us talking about it. And I remember I picked Ige. I was like, I think this is it. This is big step up. Yeah. I think he's gonna. And I really did. I was very confident in Ige going into this. And then that was not. I mean, if anything, I became more. Whereas I used to not be confident in Korean Zombie. I was like, this guy's gonna be the champ. Korean Zombie has now worked himself in a position where I believe he could be the next featherweight champion. Now, Sean, you told us you were really good at gambling and that you, you yeah. never lose. <laughs> I was for a long time. I've been on a streak, about a six-week streak, getting murdered, man. It doesn't matter. I could bet I could bet that Brendan Schaub will get laughs his next set and I would get it wrong. Like, well, I would be right. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, – I can't, dude. I can't – it's unbelievable. I was on a hot streak for a long time, and now it's like every fight I get four or five fight parlays, I get everyone right except the one that I'm sure on. Like, that's always the... Right, the one killer. that you're like, nailed it, got it, lock it up, and that's the one yeah. that turns on. Now, th do you track your bets? Do you, like, keep track, or do you just move forward? Uh, as far as if I'm up or down? In terms of who paid off, who won, you know... No, yeah, like no, I, I tend to remember the ones that cost me a lot of money and then I'll never bet on them again. Like, I'm, I don't know, like, I'll see a guy and I'm like, oh, I know about that guy. He cost me money on three separate occasions. So Right, so you're not betting um, on him again. Yeah. yeah, I'm not betting on him. And that's when they okay. finally win. And that's yeah, what I need mean, to see what kind of track, you know, because sometimes it helps to track. When you bet on that kind of level, it seems like it helps to track your bets. Yeah. Now, uh, Alexi Olnick has to stop. That guy. Oh, please. Oh, my God. He's got to be 70. It looks like he, like, walks back to the dressing room, turns around, and starts another fight. Like, it, like just, he fights every two weeks. Dude, it looked like, okay, to me, what this, because I used to be on that show, World's Dumbest. It started out World's Dumbest Criminals, yeah, and yeah, then it became, yeah. like, World's Dumbest Thrills. And we would have these weird videos of, of, like, old men fighting young dudes. And that's what this looked like to me. <laughs> this, to me, like, if I had to guess why they were fighting, it was because the young guy dumped the other guy, the old guy's granddaughter, and when she was leaving, he said, and tell your granddad I'm not afraid of him. And then, <laughs> and then this guy was like, he's not afraid of me. I'll show him to cheat on my granddaughter. And then the fight happened that we saw on Saturday night. That was what it looked like to me. I mean, it looked, for a while he was beating everyone with the Ezekiel Toad. That was his thing. Yeah. But it seems like people have caught up to that. 
And now I don't know where he he has the advantage. And he's I mean he's great a great fighter. He's had ninety fights, but at a certain point we gotta just you know you do not only do you have to do it just because he's all, but his defensive style of taking the shots to the dome is I mean you, you don't do that for I mean for his own health. But stop stop. He, he must just want to get out of the house. I mean, you know, like, the, like sometimes, like, as like, I mean, during COVID, someone's like, hey, yeah. you, you want to do this gig in Santa Maria for 20 bucks? You're like, I get the fuck out of the house. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it definitely feels like a guy who just literally doesn't know what else to do and can't just sit around and just want, he wants to fight. I'll fight somebody. Let me fight. I'm a fighter. It's like that. So they put him out like there, but it's. You ever go to a strip club at like like three in the afternoon? I see yes. Them, and then and there would be like, <laughs> like day shift to the old lady. Oh yeah. Shift. Oh yeah. You're just like like you, you know the guy wants to fire her but he can't. I'm like looking behind me. Uh, like you, you know, you know like <laughs> he, he's becoming like a day shift stripper. You, you know where it's like. Yeah, he should have quit doing this a long time ago, but he yeah. can't do anything else, and you know, feel bad for him, so you let him keep going. Yeah, right. it's like he should have quit doing this a long time ago after the third time he was hooked on uh, cocaine, and then he <laughs> wait, I got confused. There's too many stripper analogies. Too many strippers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who looked great was uh, was uh, Marlon Vera. Uh, I've never seen a guy lead come in with four elbows in a row. I mean, it was just. I mean, talk about like. Grant had the distance, so he gets inside and then just elbow, elbow, elbow. That was like some street fighter shit. Um, Vera looked good. You know, what was, you know what I thought was amazing about what he did? Because it seemed to me, and maybe I'm wrong, okay? Because you know how some guys start slow? Yeah. Okay, he seemed like the kind of – like he wasn't starting slow in the first round. Like he was baiting him into using all his energy in the first round. Yeah. Well, like, the thinking he might get finished. No, he, he actually starts slow, though. He, he's a slow starter. That's his thing. Yeah, well, see, that's what I'm saying. I think it looks like a slow start. I think it's deliberate. That's what I'm saying. We've seen this enough times now to where I think he's doing it to make the other guy go in hard on the first round. Then he gets to the bell. The other guy's exhausted. And then he just pieces him up for two rounds. Yeah, it shows you how good Aldo is. Because I remember when he beat Sean O'Malley, he had a, you know, he was all of a sudden, like, Everyone loved him, and then he loses to Jose, Jose Aldo, and people were just kind of like off the off the train, and now they're back on. Yeah, the just, um, but it was I'm, a hell of a fight for him, though. He, I mean, David Grant's a tough motherfucker, but he pieced him up good in those two rounds. Now, now that guy Choi versus Rosa, right? Now the guy with the it was the Asian guy with the blonde hair. So, yeah, you know, I'm always trying to make jokes because that's what I do. You know, I make jokes. But it's hard. Oh, here we go. But now, so I wrote a joke. I'm like, man, that guy from BTS can throw, right? There you uh, go. That's a good joke. I like that. A good joke. And then someone's like, "You're that. That's racist." I'm like, look, if a white guy looked like he was in in sync or something, and I go, man, oh that guy, yeah. or a black guy looked like, or like, how many times have we called uh, what's the name? You know, Derek Brunson, Cisco, because with the blonde hair. Yeah. Like, but like, why is that? If someone looks like somebody, and you point it out and make a joke about it. Because the person's Asian, like, like it was a fuck. He looked like the person. If a, if a girl looks like a a fighter, I'm not allowed to just make a joke. Why is that racist? Like, no, first wait, of all, who did you say he looked like? The guy in that BTS. BTS. He just said look like a member of BTS. Listen, yeah, first no, of all, that's not even that's not racist. It's just a reference. Yeah, that's a referential joke. He's from South Korea. They're from South Korea. It lines up. 
And secondly, we have to stop. We got to draw a line here, people, because there's a difference between a racial joke and a racist joke. Okay, yeah. we can racial comedy is just racial comedy. You want to act like it doesn't exist because you're poor sentence can't take. Go fuck yourself. Okay, it's just a joke. Everyone needs to lighten up, toughen up, and calm the fuck down. Oh, the, you, know, you ever like ask someone like, "Hey, what nationality are you?" They go, "I'm American," right? But the, like, but you meant like, "Hey, where are your grandparents?" Like, because the person looks like he's from the person from somewhere else, right? Uh, yeah. And then they go, I'm, "I I know you're American, but like, you, like you know." But now you have to say, where are my grandparents? Pretty soon you're going to have to say, like, uh, hey, people are going to be like, are you, are you alive? I'm offended. Well, like, I, I, at what point are we just going to, like, like where, where do we stop? We're not allowed to ask anything? You can't Yeah, say, it, I, I know. You've got to be like, so what did your 23 and me say? <laughs> like, that's the only thing way you're going to be able to do it. And then they'll be like, oh, I've never taken it. I'm sorry, Ancestry.com. You know, you're going to have to, just to ask them a question, you're going to have to buy them a DNA test. <laughs> like, somebody got mad when they, somebody, my, I know a guy asked that somebody, uh, what, they go, what gender? He go, oh, I had a date. And then you go, what gender was the person you were dating? And they got offended. So, oh, you can't ask what gender. Like, like, you're not allowed to ask people's gender anymore. Like, like, like You could just be like, <laughs> you could be what? You could be like what? I said you. I said you can't stay. You could just be like, so did you suck his dick or? <laughs> oh my god! You'll know whether or not it's a boy no, or girl. You gotta make, could you suck her dick? I mean, I mean yeah. At that point, yeah. I, I, it's, no. What you have to ask is, did they have a dick? That's the way to ask. It's, it's becoming it's becoming insane. It's becoming insane because you have to look at like intent. Like you have to look at intent, you know. Like like when I when I, when I say like oh where you're you know what nationality are you like I, I know you're American okay I all right I'm just met okay what nationality did your grandparents did your great grandparents what do you have to, like leave, leave me alone I'm not gonna talk I know and certainly and that's like it's not like you just be like so what are you <laughs> whenever people really, always ask they, me and that, they I just, just like let them just area. answer in whatever way they want and like great that's what you are perfect I just needed to know. You're 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 uh, you're uh, you're a they from a place. Dig it, Sean. What were you saying? I was saying when they used to ask me, I would act offended. Just tell them that I mostly identified as Aryan, <laughs> and uh, that I would tell people that I was like like the Hitler's experiments to make the perfect human specimen. I was the result of many generations of that experimenting. But that's when I was in awesome shape and was good looking. Now, not so much. Boy, I tell you what, you were good looking. When you were in shape, oh, my God, I'd fuck you. You were. You, you, Camilla, you were. Camilla you're going to be asking Greg, so do you suck they dick? <laughs> I'd be like, they had a huge one. Crazy. Oh, wait a minute, Adam. I think I know where you're going with this. Can I just, let me just say, okay. So we have a friend in common, a, a wonderful comedian named Lisa Alvarado. Yeah. And she posts pictures of a show she did. I think it was at Flappers, you know, where it's like her and Jay Leno. Yeah. And she's posting all these green room pictures, and there's her and Jay Leno and Mayhem. <laughs> I wasn't going there. I told Mayhem he was going to be there. But, I, was yeah. like, I, was like, I was like, the fuck is Mayhem doing in this? Yeah, because he's dating Camilla. Because Camilla was on the show, and yeah, so yeah. he was there. I was like, oh my God, the, how, the, it's the most Hollywood thing ever that that somehow came together. 
By the way, so uh, mayhem. I, I think I, I think the Wi-Fi is not, not great here. I'm gonna try to go in a different room. So uh, okay. is this is this, is this better here? Is this better? You gotta get that wi You gotta get that Wi-Fi mesh. The the like Eero or one of those that gets the whole place. Is it, is, it, is this better? It's same sure. for me. Yeah. All right. So by the way, mayhem update. So I told. So I told. I got mayhem a job, uh, coaching people at Ian Harris's gym. Right. I don't know. Great. If I know. Ian, yeah. So uh, so Ian Harris uh, and mayhem and then you know I, I knew it was gonna be a good synergy. Ian Harris is a comedian. Great guy. Great. Yeah. Actor. Super funny guy. He, you know, whole, he's like big fan of Mayhem, and it, and it's been going really well. Well, Ian Harris left for two weeks to go to Greece, and has put Mayhem in charge of the gym. This so, is a bad, bad, bad move. <laughs> <laughs> so now Mayhem is in charge of the pro fight team at the gym. Uh, that's the update I have. I don't know. I, I think it's going. I call Mayhem for updates because he makes me laugh like every day. Tell me about it, like. There was a there was one guy that came to the wrong class. He thought it was like an open workout, and he was a good like um, I guess he's a good rugby player. So he just joined pro practice and started throwing everyone around. Uh, but he doesn't know how to fight. He, it was his first day ever, uh, and I guess Mayhem and him sparred. And Mayhem gave him a couple of black eyes, but uh, but but that now he's Mayhem's best student. So Mayhem is now running at at, at fight science the gym. So uh, this is the same gym that Jay Moore goes to, and uh, also what's the name trains there. Um, uh, J uh, Jeff Ross does comes on a Chinese karate there, uh, and um, <laughs> this is this is at <laughs> Fight Science. Sure, very effective. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd want to list uh, Jeff Ross as one of my <laughs> top, uh, top karate students. students. Uh, <laughs> But, but, you know, I mean, listen, it's like if I took your classes, like, hey, this is where Greg Romero Wilson is taking his fucking taekwondo, you'd be like, oh, wow, they have beginner, beginner classes. Like, I guess, I guess Jeff Ross does like Wing Chu karate or something or some kind of, some kind of Chinese karate. Uh, so, cool. <laughs> so may have I, in many ways, it's a good recruitment because you're thinking, well, he could do it. So Jay Moore, Jeff, Jay Moore, Mayhem, and Jeff Ross are all training there. Uh, so that's the update so far. Uh, I'll tell you who I look really, uh, who really good was Matt Brown. Matt Brown. Oh yeah! Oh my God, yes. Wait a minute. Can we go back to this? I know we only talked about the joke part of that fight, but yeah. can we just talk about the fact that this Choi kid has one punch knockout power in yeah. the featherweight division? Yeah. I mean, those are the heaviest hands I think I've ever seen on an Asian fighter. I, I feel like 10 years ago, I feel like a lot of the Asian guys in Pride were doing really well. Like they were kicking ass, like Sakuraba and those guys. And then, yeah. and then it seemed like the MMA, the UFC guys kind of surpassed them. Um, but now it seems like with that girl, Zhang Welly, and, uh, yeah. and then Korean Zombie, and then this guy, it seems like there's a, and, and they're not like, it used to almost, look like they were not physically as in shape as the other as the americans let's say or the you know eastern europeans like they were just look like they were had like a disadvantage now these guys have like 12 packs and they're fucking shredded dude, dude um, this guy has power and i was impressed i mean the sound the thud of the connection on those shots i mean i was like you guys better you better fucking ask somebody because this kid's he's bringing heat to the featherweight division 
Sean, you think the steroids have like caught up over there? Is that what's going on? <laughs> it might be, man. I just uh, two things. I think it's awesome. One, I thought you said you got Mike because my connection's not great. I thought you said mayhem was doing life coaching, which is awesome. Like I, at first, I thought that's what you said. I was like, what the hell? And then uh, I thought Greg, it cut out. I thought he said those are the biggest hands I've seen on an Asian guy. And I thought like he was trying to make, working his way toward an Asian small dick joke. So I was like, okay, what comes next? And then I realized I didn't hear one of the words no, no, or something. he's in but... charge of the fight team. They have, a, they have like the pro fight team. Um, oh, okay. So this guy Ian left and now Mayhem, he left Mayhem in charge of the gym. So Mayhem yeah. is now coaching uh, the pro fight team. Um, and he's doing really well. So uh, Hopefully no life coaching involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, man? Like, when it comes, like, when it comes, Mayhem is really good at actually telling people how to live their lives. He's not great at his life, obviously. Right, 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 right. right. But, but he was great on the Ultimate Fighter as a coach. And he's actually, like, if you put him in charge of something, he takes it very seriously um so he's like one of these guys is like you know those who can't do key and he actually can do he was a great fighter but but like even at, at in jail he was running the workouts uh which didn't surprise me because he's pretty good at like you put him he's one of these guys that like it's like you, you know how a teacher sometimes puts like the worst kid in class in charge and all of a sudden he becomes the best kid in class uh because he has that like responsibility and he likes that thing he's pretty good at that like for real i can see him being a good coach of the fight team as fucked up as this kind of sounds he's much better at giving orders and taking orders if you know what i'm saying uh, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm i'm just glad to know that there's going to be bigger stronger faster and better shaped criminals out there now that he's worked <laughs> with them in prison so that's uh, exactly what we need speaking of better a guy, trained uh, criminals a guy that i'm actually worried about is bubba jenkins uh, have you been following his live feeds at all greg uh, I haven't, not the live feeds, no. Sorry, I'm having to do something right now real quick, but I'm with you guys. So Bubba is constantly has his shirt off and he's rapping um, mm. for like hours on end uh, with his kids in the background, which is, I mean, he's obviously, you know, obviously a great father. He's got three, three adorable kids. I'm a little nervous though, because uh, he, he can win a million dollars. He's got to win two more fights and he gets a million dollars. Uh, but maybe this is his way of, of training, is just uh, rapping topless um, on his live feed. But, you know, hey, man, if it, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? He's, so far, he's 2-0. Oh. But uh, I don't know. These guys, these guys are you, – you fighters are a different breed. So Matt Brown, super happy for him. Uh, that was fucking awesome. Good for him. Matt Brown's a real nice guy. Uh, and – he wasn't, I'll tell you what, it, it was a close fight. He didn't look that great until he landed that punch. But once he did, holy shit, it was over. It was a perfect punch. Sean, what did you think? Man, I saw Matt Brown fight for the first time ever before he had been on the Ultimate Fighter, before he was in the UFC. He fought Chris Lytle in a local show in Indianapolis in between Lytle's um, UFC fights. And uh, I remember watching him, and I thought they just brought in a guy for Lytle to beat up because he's a main event. But they went to a decision, man, and I was like, that dude, it's tough. And then sure enough, he got on the Ultimate Fighter. But... He's as manly as they get. He's probably just a, like, you're going to find out he's Don Fry's half-son or something or whatever, you know what I mean, or stepson or something. I don't know. That wouldn't make any sense. But, yeah, um, no, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. He does have a – he's one of those throwback guys that, like, he's a man's man. Uh, yeah. You know, he's one of those dudes that, like, I feel like uh, you're hitchhiking, he'd probably pick you up. Uh, your car breaks down, he'd help you with your car. Um, yeah. Yeah. You had to get rid of a body. He'd be like, "All right, let's go." Like he's one of those dudes that like <laughs> lives by his own code. Um, 
so, uh, and a real nice guy to me, man. He's always like, hey, man, I'm watching your comedy special, laughing my ass off. He's always been super supportive of me, so, uh, which, is, which is nice. So it's always, it's always nice when people like you. Um, the girl, Murata, who got her fucking elbow broken off against John Safuya. You see that one? Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's a tough girl right there. I mean, she would have kept fighting. Her arm was done. I don't even know how she I – mean, it, was, it was that arm bar in the first, right, that she didn't tap to? It was brutal, whatever it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was – I go, the only person who wasn't impressed with that was the Nick Newell because he's always had one <laughs> arm. But, like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, I felt uh, that girl is tough as shit. All right, so some fun fights that happened. First of all, if you missed uh, Masvidal's bare-knuckle MMA over the weekend, uh, the opening fight, uh, the main event was he's no longer called Crazy Horse. It's called Felony. Uh, Felony lost in one round to Jason Hickdiaz Knight. Hurt him, though. Had him hurt like he always does. And then Knight came back and rear naked choke. I think Felony has now lost like 16 in a row or something. Um, but it's probably been winning in every one of those fights. But uh, it was a success. Uh, bare knuckle MMA, I think, is here to stay. Now, Sean, you ran a promotion. Is Masvidal making money on this, you think? Yeah, I, I, if I had to guess, I'd guess his own money isn't up for it. They're just licensing his name. I know uh, Dean Tool is a promoter in Pensacola, Florida, that's in on it with him. I know him really well. Um, but usually on something like that, I would guess somebody went partners with them. We'll use your name to promote it. We'll front the money and see if we can make some money doing it. You know, like I, I highly doubt he's risking his own money. Uh, when you've got the name, you don't have to put up the money, you know? Because you did your own promotion, right? And you, yeah. you went to Indiana, you had – what, you sold how many tickets? 5,000 tickets? No, the first event, probably 1,200. Second one, probably 1,500. But uh, it got so expensive to promote, it wasn't where you'll make 25 on a show and give the government 20 of it by the time you're, it's all said and done, you know? You, you it make, just wasn't worth you'll it. You'll make 25,000 and only get to keep five? Yeah, if, if that, man. Yeah, because it's, uh, you got to pay, pay refs. You gotta, they'll have, maybe you got to pay three refs. You may only have eight fights. You know, why do you have to have three refs, you know? So they make you have three different refs. You got to pay judges and an, an alternate, and they're all getting three hundred a night. You have to have an ambulance there. Uh, you have to have an insurance policy. It's about two grand just for one event. Like it's, it, by the time it's all you do every, and they collect a, the commission takes a percentage of your tickets. They decide how many tickets you sold based on their estimate, not what you turn in. They're like, oh, you must have sold more tickets. There's more people here than that, so then they charge you extra. There's nothing you can do. So you end up giving all your money to the government. But I mean, you're a businessman. I mean, you were a millionaire in your in, in your twenties. Uh, yeah. you know, you've, you've been a millionaire, you've been broke, rich, broke, rich. You're a guy who remade yourself many times. So when you did the numbers, you must've thought it was a good idea or you look at it for long-term or what were you thinking? Um, I was thinking I could do it long-term. I was interested in managing guys at that point. I thought it'd be nice to have a place where I could pick their fights, you know, um, to bring them up, you know, um, and do that. But it's, uh, it was more, a guy said this one time that promoted a couple of events. He told me, man, this is just like having a party for yourself. That's all it is. Like a, you know, hope you make a little bit on it, but it's just like you're throwing a huge party for a bunch of people, you know, and uh, I really did start to see it that way. I did it like three times and I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like it's not, I'm not going to work that hard, do all that stuff and then have to give the government all the money. It didn't make any sense. So what's the most you paid a fighter? Um, I had a guy that made, uh, I want to say 1500 uh, flat, maybe 2000 flat or so, but that was the most, but none of them were named guys. It was just a, uh, you know, mostly local guys or guys I was managing. So Now, GSP recently said, because everyone talks about fighters, are, it's crazy because I almost feel like boxing, everyone compares MMA fighters to boxing. The average boxer, the average pro boxer, I look it up, 
makes $28,000 a year. It's not like yeah. all these boxers are making all this money. It's, yeah. it's, very, it's, it's Pacquiao. It's, it's, it's the main guys. It's Mayweather. It's yada, yada. But a lot of boxers are making 1000 on under on Mayweather undercards. I mean, they're making 1000 1000 where UFC starts at 12 and 12 Of course, look, I want everyone to get paid more. I would love it. I think if people work too fucking hard for what they get paid in, in everything, right? But at the same time, I'm not sure if boxing's the model. Now, a guy named GSP said, <laughs> a guy like GSP says he started off making $3,000 a fight, ended up making $10 million a fight. How did he make $10 million a fight, Sean? Was that like pay-per-view numbers or yeah it was pay-per-view because didn't what they, the, what they yeah what what they used to do man um they would give you they they considered anything below two hundred thousand pay-per-views as them breaking even so what they'll do is they'll promise the guy okay we'll give you 300 like maybe lesnar three hundred thousand flat two dollars a pay-per-view over um two hundred thousand three dollars a pay-per-view over five hundred thousand um you know whatever like that five or ten over a million whatever it is you know and that's how it adds up. But, uh, yeah, it's all pay-per-view points when they're making that kind of money. But the GSP didn't make that very many times. I mean, that was maybe his last fight. Or two. Yeah, I was going to say that was maybe two or three fights that were the big, you know, marquee, you know, um, matches, like, versus – who were some of his big fights? Like uh, Matt Hughes or who was it? The Biz Bisping uh, ones yeah. were huge. The Kostrak ones were big. The, I mean, the, the Hendricks ones were big. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake Shields. I mean, those, but, but only some of those were the really huge money makers. He couldn't have, he couldn't have hit that number too many times. But I, I mean, be, he, uh, he was a big draw back then. I mean, he was the top guy. I was the co-main event at UFC uh, 124 with him, and I was happy to find out he made like three million dollars because I got paid a cool ten. So uh, yeah, I got ten thousand. Ten grand for co-main event at a pay-per-view that sold nine hundred thousand buys, and uh, they gave me an extra ten thousand dollar bonus, even though I lost. They went and threw me an extra ten. They called it a pay-per-view bonus, and I was like, "Well, you guys probably only made sixty million on it. I can see why I would, only, I would get ten thousand. So, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's 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 crazy. So, all right, some other stuff that went on over the weekend. Uh, Anderson Silva beat Chavez Jr. That was crazy because. That, to me, is a much bigger upset than Jake Paul beating up my Ben Askren because Ben Askren doesn't box. So he beat up right. a guy in a sport he doesn't play. Whereas Chavez Jr. went, like, 12 rounds with Canelo, had some kind of belt. I mean, he was a, like, considered one of the best boxers in his weight class for a while. I mean, I think he was top 10, top 5. Anderson Silva, this was, like, his second boxing match, I think. And he beat him and beat him bad. I mean, he was almost, what would you say, embarrassed him. Now – a lot of things about this event. First of all, the commentators were made the thriller people look like fucking Bob Costas. <laughs> it was unbelievable. The one girl there, like, I'm sure she's she's fine and knows boxing, but she's she goes, "Well, isn't a fighter a fighter a fighter?" No, no, no. A fighter. It's they're different. <laughs> you, you can't take Jordan Burroughs. You put him into a karate fucking tournament. He's not gonna do well if he doesn't do karate. Yeah. Okay, uh, and then Mayweather is not going to do well in sumo wrestling. Okay, it's just it's not a fighter, a fighter, a fighter. There's different fucking art forms. It's called mixed martial arts. But also, Chavez is like, man, what a disappointment. I, I think a lot of it is who his father was. Obviously, if his dad wasn't Chavez Senior, he never would have had that name. But I also think that being the son of a fighter usually doesn't help because that guy went through like fucking hell to get where he was and you don't have that kind of drive now right not always the case 
You know, Floyd Mayweather Sr. was a damn good fighter. Mayweather Jr. was arguably one of the best ever. Um, but I think in more times than not, you look at, you know, Marvis Frazier. I don't know if that was Joe Frazier's son or nephew. Or, I mean, Layla Ali was great. And then the, there are sometimes A.J. McKee looks like he's going to be better than Antonio McKee. Um, and mixed martial arts, maybe, because the guys are still hungry. <laughs> they, yeah. didn't, they didn't make what they made. But in, in boxing, because Camacho Jr. was even – fucking worse on the next thing uh, did you now what did you think what were your takeaways sean uh, on that uh chavez uh, senior fight um man that was uh i wish they would have let him take the headgear off if he wanted to do it for the last round i think he no, was no, talking about, about, talking about I, mean, I mean chavez jr versus uh versus Anderson Silva. oh junior yeah the um i think Anderson Silva came in in shape being a much better boxer than they assumed i think uh chavez jr just figured that came in out of shape thought it was going to be easy you know he liked thoughts as a washed up mma fighter thinking he wouldn't know how to throw a punch or anything, but Anderson Silva, I mean, you can't forget his striking was amongst the best in the world. That includes punches, you know what I mean? Not just kicks, so that's punches too. So uh, he's got to be a decent boxer to have that good striking. So I think he was in shape and uh, Junior wasn't. So. Yeah. I mean, even the fights he lost, it seems like, like the Weidman fight where he got kicked or the other fights, the Stylebender fight, it was just like low activity kind of. The Chael fight, he almost lost, but he got wrestled for five rounds. Um, it wasn't boxing really wasn't the problem. He was still 46 years old. Now, afterwards, Greg, so Chavez Sr. fights Hector Camacho Jr., right? Hector Camacho Jr., I met when I was barking. I was giving out flyers in Times Square, begging people to come into – for five years I did this. I would get spit on. <laughs> i get people telling me to fuck myself. And I'm like, hey, we've got a comedy show at Hamburger Harry's, comics from HBO. Com-. None of them were ever there. It was us. We tricked everyone into coming. <laughs> and people told me I was a loser. I would see people that I went to college with where I dropped out. They were on Broadway dates. They're all dressed to the nine. They're like, Adam, how's your comedy career going? I'm like, great. I'm at Hamburger Harry's tonight. Uh, and, then, and I wasn't even getting paid. I didn't get a fucking dollar for that. You just put your initial in the back. And basically, how many people you got in was how many minutes you can do. This was the yeah. kind of shit that I did for five <laughs> fucking years. Talk about rejection. I mean, it was freezing in time. The only time we ever got people half the time was it was so cold. People wanted somewhere to go. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. fucking cold. So anyway, Macho Camacho and his buddy are walking by. And I was a big boxing fan at the time. I watched Macho Camacho. And he was like, the guy goes, his friend goes, if you guess who this is, we'll come. I go, that's Macho Camacho Jr. So he actually showed up and came. And he got kicked out because his friend heckled. And was being a total <laughs> dick. Um, that sounds right. And then two months later, he quit in a fight against Jesse James Leha, a fight where it was like, it was a tough fight, and then he wouldn't get off a stool, and then that was sort of the end. This guy, Greg, came in, I, I mean, he was so out of shape and fat. It looked like he was like Roy Nelson ate Roy Nelson. And, Roy. and he came in against, my, against Chavez Sr., who was 58 years old, and was beating the fuck out of him, like, like in an exhibition fight. Um, and then by the fourth round, they both took off their headgear. And they go, because they kept hitting after the bell. And they go, come on, come on, come on. And then, and then all of a sudden, Canelo's in the crowd. And he hops in the ring. And he's the special <laughs> guest referee. It, be, it became like the WWE. It was a four-round fight. There is nothing you're saying that makes me regret not seeing these. <laughs> 
I mean, it's just, and what you're saying is exactly, it's turning into a circus. It's just turning into fucking, it's turning into WWE. Boxing is because of their lack of ability to draw. They're mer slowly merging with WWE into this new universe where boxing is boxing schmoxing. Hey, we got this old guy versus this random dude, but Canelo is gonna come out of the crowd. Like, oh my god, dude, it was it was insane. McCorkle, are you are you still with us? I just have him frozen and laughing. Yeah, he's frozen over here dude, too. It was, it was straight comedy. Like between the week before, between Jake Paul boxing Lamar Odom and Wide Neck fighting on the undercard. Oh my god, uh, yeah. It's like, everyone, just please turn your back on this shit, please. It's so, just so dumb. So now they're saying that Logan Paul is going to fight Mike Tyson. That's the word on the street. Um, Logan Paul says he can beat Mike Tyson. Tyson's too old for him. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I feel like if they let, if they don't drug test, right, and they just let Mike Tyson come in, with the HGH and whatever he was on when he took when he fought Roy Jones, Tyson wins this in three rounds. I don't think Logan. Well, I don't see why they would try and stop him from doing steroids since it's not sanctioned by anybody. So I mean, what what is, what is the, the the you know the United Stagehands Union going to raise a fuss about this? Like nobody, they, it's the Wild West now. And God bless it. I hope so, because Tyson will send him flying so far out of the ring. It'll be the greatest day in the history of boxing. We think that. Okay, so uh, McCorkle, what we're saying is Logan Paul, they're saying, is going to fight Mike Tyson. That's what they're right. saying. It was on TMZ. Logan says, I would kill Mike Tyson. He's too old. I'm saying if, if they let Tyson take whatever Mexican steroids he was on, allegedly, for the Roy Jones fight, and whatever HGH allegedly he was on, Tyson kills him in under three rounds. But if they don't, I don't know. I mean, he is. I mean, what do you think, Sean? No, Tyson looked awesome to me against people forget how good of a boxer Roy Jones is, whether he's old or not. But uh, yeah, Tyson, obviously he's not his old self, but he would kill 99% of the people in the world in a boxing ring, uh, you know, when he's in shape like that. He's even out of shape. He's probably a little scary. But uh, no, I don't know what he was taking. I don't know what he was on, but I would like some. I'll tell you that. What do you now? Uh, I know that you knew people that took steroids. Um, what would you say he was on, if you had to guess? Because I know myself. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I would say, man, I'm sure, for sure HGH. There's something called, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Peptides everyone's taking now. Bob Sapp was telling me about him. Um, some kind of peptide thing that's also like a form of HGH. Um, I'm sure a load of testosterone, you know, which he could get prescribed all legal. If you got enough money, you can get anti aging money to give you pretty much anything. So. Uh, and prescribe it for you. So, yeah, I'm sure he was having some help. And But when you're that athletic, too, I think it comes back, even at that age, you know, pretty fast. So I, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Now, Rashad Evans came out of retirement. He wants to box Roy Jones or fight Logan Paul. Um, I spoke to Rashad yesterday. It's legit. It's 100% legit. He's putting it out there. I mean, good. I wanted to make a million dollars. I went out with Rashad in, in Florida. Well, there's only one of those fights that's going to make a million dollars. The Logan. No Paul. one's. Yeah, no one's going to pay a million bucks to see him fight Roy Jones. Who gives a <laughs> fuck about that? He doesn't even have a YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what do you think uh, as far as Rashad versus Logan Paul, McCorkle? Oh man, I'd have to think Rashad would kill him. Like uh, Rashad's stand-up was good, man. Toward. Uh, you know, midway to the end of his career, to, he, uh, he he picked it up. So, yeah, I would be shocked if, uh, I mean, 
Rashad's a big dude too, so it ain't like he's you know what's he probably walks at two ten. So yeah. uh, Logan be a little bigger than him, but I can't see Rashad not murdering him. Now, did you guys watch the PFL fights? Anybody? Did not. Nope. No. Oh, okay. There, there was some good. There was there was some there was some good PFL fights that went on. This guy Corey Hendricks, he was getting the shit beaten out of him by this guy Hamlet, and he came back and won. Uh, uh, Rory McDonald got robbed. He lost his fight. Rory McDonald lost his fight to uh, Blayson Tebow, but really won. I don't understand. And then Tom Lawler won his fight and then retired, even though he was still in the tournament. <laughs> so he won. Yeah, he went tiny. You don't win the million bucks if you don't finish the tournament. <laughs> like, that, like, like he took off his. He took Why off his would you? Why would you retire in the middle of a tournament fight? Well, he he technically sense. wasn't out, but he was like it was like a long shot. But he just. But it was like he was still could have got in, and then his and then his his like buddy got in. And he was rooting for his buddy. It was the weird. It was very, very weird. Uh, it was. I've noticed that they have had to bring in some replacements because they've got guys that already have poison. They're like, and coming in now, joining the tournament is this guy. So clearly, some guys just they're like, no mas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. Now, did you guys see what happened at that uh, show between Sean Strickland, the UFC fighter, and the other guy that uh, he was training with, the jiu-jitsu guy? They got into it. Do you watch that video? Yeah. Um, yeah. McCorkle, what are your thoughts on that? I didn't really see what he did that was wrong, but it may have hurt the uh, UFC fighter. Like, it may have done something to his wrist. I don't know if he twisted his wrist or did whatever, but uh, guys in the UFC, especially if you fight, I mean, if once you have a UFC contract, you're very, like, weird about getting hurt. Like, I wouldn't play in basketball leagues. People would want me to play because I used to be good in playing college and stuff. They'd be like, hey, we play on our basketball team. Even though I was in shape, I was like, man, I can't. If I roll my ankle or something, it, you know. It really uh, set me back. So uh, you had to be careful of tearing ACL or anything. So uh, I think anytime a guy like that's trying to train with somebody, the other guy is perceived to be trying to hurt you, then you get pretty upset. Yeah, well, I guess that guy's a big – Orlando Sanchez, he's an Abu Dhabi winner, and he's like a big hothead in the gym, but they're both hotheads. People, people are training with Strickland say so he goes 100% the whole time. So yeah. It's one of those things. And I guess he was doing a move where you could hurt the guy, but you're not going to get a submission. You're just going to injure him. Right. Um, and that's well, he, last time I checked, that's a submission. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get a decent guy to tap. You're just going to, like, break their arm, uh, like, fuck them up, which is why he got mad. You know why I was mad about that? Because they're like, a fight breaks out when these two – and no, it wasn't a fight. No fights. Yeah. There was no fight. An argument broke out. Yeah, uh, yeah. A bitch session broke out, but there was no fight. I was like, fuck this video. This fucking hype bullshit. The, a fight breaks out. between the, No, it didn't. A fight specifically stopped. And then they, they <laughs> fucking yelled at each other. That was, I fucking hated that stupid ass shit. I hate when they overplay what the video is and then you watch it and you're like, fuck it, this is why you're all fucking liars. You know, you know what's getting kind of annoying though also is that guy from Russia who's a little person. You know that guy who's like, they were supposed to have two little people fight. One guy looks like a mini Khabib, like a, but they're both like 30 year old actors. And now the guy's like calling out Henry Cejudo. And, and it's, it was like funny at first, but it's like, okay, we get the joke. You're a little person and you're pretending to fight, but they keep making videos that are going viral. And it's just like, oh, it's like, I don't know, man. How, a lot of these, like, how much weight was the, how much weight was the major plan on cutting to, uh, to beat up with his Cejudo? <laughs> 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 A lot of these one-trick ponies, it's just like, I don't know, Greg. I don't know if it bothers you a little bit, but it's just like, like it becomes, it's big for a second, but you're like, man, we're, we're, I'm in this for a fucking, for a lifetime. You know? It, Are you referring to damn wide neck? It sounds like you're trying to, <laughs> trying to throw some shade on wide neck. 
Wide neck's gonna be around for a long time, I bet. Wide neck's throwing shade on everybody else with his fucking neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. shade. But there's also like long neck too. They all live in a house or something. Yeah, daddy like long neck. That the same guy, the same guy, Dean Tool that was I told you a uh, co-promoting um, with um, let's say Masvidal is manages those guys. Like uh, I hit him up one time. I said, hey, you should have Wide Neck fight your show. He goes, he is. I, I manage him. I'm his manager. I was like, damn, you're managing a guy named Wide Neck. And uh, he's like his uh, inter- yeah, his uh, manager or whatever, his agent. So it's awesome. Dude, I was friends with a girl named Gina who used to manage, like, all the mistresses back in the day of Tiger Woods. Like, she managed, like, like and, like, the, the girl that hooked up with Mel Gibson, like, his ex. She managed, like, Octomom. I, 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 like, met all of them. They were, they were all fucking insane. A couple of them were like. Well, it sounds like a highly reputable agency. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that roast for them? Were you there when we roasted them? And they all, like, it was like Teal Tequila. I, I think so. I it think was I was there. And it was at the Ha Ha. We had like a red. Yeah, party. I may have helped you write jokes for that maybe or yeah, something. Was, I remember. Or maybe I, I may have also been on it. It was Optimum, Teal Tequila. Yeah. Uh, the Mistresses. And uh, yes. I actually wrote him a Christmas album. They wanted me to write it. Go, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, of a white mistress. Like I actually wrote a song, like they wanted to do a song and it was like, I'm dreaming of a white mistress, just like a one that used to blow. And I, oh my God, they, they, they got offended that like that was, they wanted to do like real songs. And I'm like, oh. listen guys, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you hired a comedian, not a songwriter. <laughs> I write parodies. I don't fucking write you a legitimate fucking, this is our single. It's coming out at Christmas. <laughs> It's that was called, the worst. That it's was called, the worst record bitch I've ever heard. <laughs> it's called Your Five Minutes on the Prison Payphone are the best five minutes of Christmas. <laughs> like, we wish you a merry mistress. I had a whole fucking I had like ten of them. Uh, and then I pitched them and they all got I did take it to them over the phone. It was just dead silence. And then someone started crying. It, it, it was it was huh. terrible. It was it was it was really, really terrible. Um, it was, it was bad. All right. It, so, it, I, I gotta be honest with you. It sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I believe your assessment of that completely. All right. So this week in the PFL, Kayla Harrison uh, is fighting Cindy Dandwab. Uh, I don't know if you know, Kayla Harrison is a two time Olympic gold medalist in judo. The only female that ever won it twice. I think the only American male or female. She's a girl with an amazing story. She's had a really tough life. Her, her judo coach like molested her or something like is like in jail for like six, seven years. And she actually goes around and like gives these speeches to people about. Yeah, that's right. I think I heard about that. Super nice, super cool woman. Like just a really cool chick. Like, like I I did all these dirty jokes about her when she came to my show in Florida and she was really good. She's fighting Cindy Dandwa, who also came to my show, uh, who was trying to bang Anthony Johnson for a while. Uh, and now she has an OnlyFans account, which I heard gets pretty <laughs> trying to. How hard can it be? <laughs> well, she's got like six kids, and then he told me he saw the pictures, and then Moon walked away from the phone. That's what, that's, that's what he told me. He literally said, "I kind of, you know what? That, that, that might do it. Yeah, yeah. that's so that's a little fertile. You don't want to go throw, throwing it around in that tank. Forget it." So they're fighting. So she's she's also a black belt in judo, but not the same kind of black belt. And she fought at 135. You know, I mean, look, I like this tournament. I understand it. It's just weird because they have a PFL men's tournament. Then they have only a 155-pound women's division. That's it. That's the only division they have. And they have a bunch of girls that aren't even that weight who are going up to fight that, who are fighting this fucking monster chick who just beats everyone's ass 
in every fight in Kayla Harrison. Um, I was going to say, if you're going to have one female division, 155 seems pretty heavy to have a singular female division. It's, it, it's, a, it's a little strange. By the way, we're waiting for Luke Rockhold, who I talked to on the phone yesterday, who said he was going to come on the show, but we'll see. Which, um, by the way, when you were talking about Harrison and you were talking about unfortunate her, <laughs> her unfortunate, she was the one that had the, the coach. Yeah. Right, and then you're like, I was making all these dirty jokes about her. I mean, those. Are, oh yeah, yeah. Now, uh, now we want to know what. I mean, what nothing. Did you say? Right, it was about it was about her being like fun and 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 it nothing to do with her being. It was okay because you put was, one right after no, the no, other. No, no. Okay, and like I made all these dirty was, jokes, but I'm like, it was to her face, to her face, not about her being molested. Obviously, it was about her, and her. Her boyfriend at the time was a fighter, and I said that like she gets top or something like that. It was a lot of jokes about her being dominant. Okay, that makes more sense. I, I, I want a little clarification. You no, know, her, her being the best handies because you know her arms are so big. It's like two stroke squirt. Like it's not, nothing, nothing inappropriate. Yeah, um, but that squirt is blood. <laughs> oh. So uh, also, Anthony Pettis is fighting against Rayush Man Manfio. I don't know who that guy is, but Pettis he better win or he's not in the tournament. Yeah, he's done. he lost the first one, right? Yeah, uh, and so did Lance Palmer. Uh, and Lance Palmer, who lost to Bubba, is fighting a guy, Mavlid Kabalayev, who's 16-0. and 0. Um, and, and that, dude, this guy's like, he's a defending two-time champion. Like, that would be crazy mm. if, he, if he didn't make it. Um, also, uh, Muhammad Darius, who goes I don't think I don't think Palmer loses this one. I think Palmer thought he had a, he had a cakewalk back to the top. Yeah. And uh, nobody else thought that. And so I think this time he's going to come out. Listen, I think we see a different Palmer. If we don't, well, that'll tell you everything you need to know. I think Bubba was in his head, too. Because Bubba beat him like five out of six times in college. That's right, the college thing. Yeah, I think you're going to see a very motivated Palmer. I'm going to have to see this one, man. Because I think Palmer's going to come out. And, of course, this guy, he looks fucking mean. So he ain't going to be bulldozed, that's for sure. And then there's a guy named uh, Mighty Mo who's fighting, who who I like from Florida, Muhammad Darius. He's a guy that just has some has some bad luck, uh, but he's he's a, he's a good fighter, good wrestler. And Caitlin Young from uh, Minnesota, who won her fight against Cindy Dandois, who I like a lot, super cool chick, is fighting Mariana Moraes. I don't know who that is, but uh, good luck to Caitlin Young uh, on that one. Um, Bellator this week, one of my guys, uh, one of my good friends, Tim Johnson, who's a guy. He's a heavyweight, served in the military, was in the UFC, was in the top 15. And while he was there, he was an Uber driver and worked at a strip club in Omaha uh, as a bouncer. Uh, <laughs> and then he went over to Bellator and he got his ass kicked his first couple fights. Since then, he's on like a 3-0 tear. He beat Chet Congo. Uh, he beat a guy that he wasn't supposed to beat. Uh, they put him in against Tyrell Fortune. He knocked him out. Knocked out Matt Vitrione, your boy. So uh, he, he's, he's fighting uh, Valentina Molsvana, Moldavsky, who's 10 and 1, who looks like uh, Brandon Schaub a little bit, actually, um, who's coming up, a little, <laughs> coming up a win over Roy Nelson. Uh, Roy Nelson has been, his Bellator run was rough. I think he went like, yeah. I think he went like 1 and 5. You know, when I heard it, Roy, yeah. Is Bellator doing a tournament style like PFL now? No. Uh, oh, okay. This is for the heavyweight interim title because Ryan Bader was the champion, and then he went down to 205. Uh, so Bader now is in the tournament. So I guess he vacated the belt. 
when he went down to win. The, he went to win the million in the tournament. So and there is a tournament. Yeah, but not in the heavyweight. They're having like a tournament in certain weight classes. <laughs> they have like certain weight class tournaments and certain. I love it. They were they were like, listen, we're losing in our competition versus UFC. Let's just do what PFLs doing. <laughs> Let's just have tournaments. Uh, and then Liz Carmouche. Oh my god! Liz Carmouche is fighting uh, the Killer Gorilla. Miles Jury is fighting Sydney Outlaw. Sydney came to my show with some hot ass girl. Like, uh, wait a minute, Carmouche is. It says Kana Watanabe. Yeah, Kana Watanabe. Uh, and that's the killer gorilla? No, no, uh, no. Liz is the killer gorilla. Oh, she's the killer gorilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Watanabe's pretty good. She she beat Alejandra Lara. Uh, she's 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 ten and oh. She ten and oh, ten oh and one. That's shocking. Asian black belt. Uh, but Carmouche has been around. I mean, she's been around. Yeah, she's yeah. So fucking strong, that girl. Uh, Kira Batara, remember Kira from OnlyFans? We had her on the show. That little yes. girl who uh, yes. was in like a polyamorous relationship. And like the yeah, she's like the jujitsu princess or something. Super cute. Remember no? Remember she was like in uh, she was in the 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 Mexican league. What's it called? Uh, she was in a, she was in Invicta. Then she was in the one. I think it's called uh, Lucha Vavoom. No, not she's not Lucha Vavoom. Okay. What am, I what am I thinking about, Sean? You know what I'm talking about. Sabado Gigante. The one that Juliana Pena does commentary for and only talks about herself the whole time. Which I mean, she's awesome, but talk about her fights. By the way, there, there's a, there was a thing called shark fights back in the day that Don Fry and Boz Rutten were the commentary on. And they got yeah. drunk and only talked about their fights through everyone's <laughs> fights. Like, like, there was like submissions going on. People were getting knocked out. And it somehow was just about their fights. Like, like they weren't even like talking about the greatest commentary team of all time uh, were those two. Uh, Combate. She bought Combate. Got cut. Combate. 4-0 in Combate and then got cut. Uh, so now she's in Bellator. She said, I inspired her to get back into training. Because before she was talking to me on the podcast, she wasn't talking to her family. Uh, she was with a guy that I wasn't a fan of. She had some issues. She was, yeah, I don't know, showing her tits. And I don't know what kind. I told, I'm like, Kara, you're young. You're talented. You, 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 time is... You know, it goes by quickly. Like, take advantage of it. Take advantage of your, of your gifts. And now she's fighting in Bellator. So uh, it's, it's all me. Nothing to do with her. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you recognized it before yeah, yeah. somebody else had to. She's fighting. And then Miles Jury is also on this card. This is a good, good card. This is a good card. Um, and Bobby Lee's fighting. Uh, Bobby Lee is fighting Soren Bach. Uh, not the comedian Bobby Lee. I was going to uh, say, wow, TV. from bad TV to this. Huh? All right. I used to love Bobby D. Lee, but all he would do is grab your cock. Like, you see him, he would just try to grab your cock. Like, every time I saw him, to the point where I was like, dude, like, you got to stop grabbing my cock. Like, like I, I know it's funny the first 19 times, but just come on. I, what, so when is the little Kabate girl, what's her name, when is she fighting? She's, she's on the undercard. Uh, she's the final on, uh, it's on YouTube or MMA Junkie, you can watch it. It's this, oh, okay. Friday, this Friday night in Bellator. You know, it's weird. Okay, you were talking I'm about Bobby. The prelims. I don't see it on the prelims. Yeah. What was that? Talking about Bobby Lee grabbing people's dicks and stuff. Like, that's just another thing Shab stole from a different comedian. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, that's wait a three minute. Bobby Lee I think we got three good ones in today so far. <laughs> uh, all right. So, in the UFC, Cyril Gain, who's 8 0, who's just like a monster. Yeah. He's, he's the guy that beat Rosenstruck. Like, he just ran through Rosenstruck. He's fighting yeah. Alexander Volkov, uh, who's a, a really good fighter. He, he, beat, he just knocked out Overeem 
He knocked out Walt Harris. He lost to Curtis Blades. He beat Greg Hardy. He lost to the Black Beast, but he was winning. He lost with one second left. Knocked out Stefan Struve. Beat Verdum. Beat that guy, Tim Johnson. Uh, I like Volkov in this. Um, Fox, do you really? Yeah, I do. Oh, I think, no. I'm going Siragon on this one. I think he's I, – I, I mean, if he lost to uh, – what's his name? I think you don't have a chance here either. The Black Beast? But he was winning. He just, he, like, just got caught. No, uh, no, the the one not Greg Hardy, the one, the other one. Uh, he beat Greg Hardy. He lost to right. uh, he um he lost to uh Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, yes. If he loses to Curtis Blades, he's losing bad to Cyril Gunn. Blades is a great wrestler, though. A great wrestler. Yeah. This guy, he this guy's the truth. I like this guy. I think Cyril's gonna take him, and I don't even think it's gonna. I mean, I think it's first rounder. Sean. Uh, I'm a Volkov man just because he's been around forever, fought a lot of guys, and uh, I'm not that familiar with the other guy. So, also Tanner Bozer, who's from Maine, has a mullet. Um, is coming off uh, coming off a, a loss to uh, no, he beat he lost to Alir Latifi, he lost to Arlovsky. He came off two losses actually. Before that, he he actually beat Felipe Linz and Rafael Pasawa. He's uh, he's fighting OSP, who's the most yep. inconsistent fighter ever. Yeah, totally. He, he lost to John Mahal Hill. He beat Alonzo Menafield, lost to Ben Rothwell. Uh, I don't know. This is like a, a pick em. I Fuck. I think OSP beats him, though. Yeah, I think know. so, too. I think this is a good fight for OSP, and I think they gave it to him specifically to get him back on the winner's circle. Uh, also, Andre Philly, who, who I love this dude. In high school, he had an ankle bracelet on because uh, he was, like, got in some trouble. Uh, he, he like couldn't leave his house. Uh, he trains over at Team Alpha Male. He's got a, a hot little girlfriend. One of those girls, by the way, who like when you see her, like she looks like she's hot. But then you see her on Instagram, and you're like, oh, that's how she looks like with the fucking in a bikini. Uh, so good for you, Philly. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fighting uh, Danielle Pineda, who I think this is a good fight for Philly. This is yeah. He got knocked out by Cub Swanson. Um, he beat Herbert Burns, but before he also, uh, but he, he also lost to Georgie Caracanian, your boy, back in the day. He, uh, I, I think Philly's going to win. Uh, you? Greg? Oh, I think it's a coin toss, too. I mean, they're both coming off losses. So, Feely, I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, you think he's a world beater and then finds a way to, to lose. And Pineda, again, he's a tough guy, but he's 27 and 13. I mean, you know, he's one of those very similar. So, I think when you say – Coin toss, I think it applies to these guys. McCorkle? I think UFC wants Feely to win, probably more than the other guys, so I would say they may have done that matchmaking with that in mind, so I'll go with him. The first – now, the crazy is the first fight on the card, according to MMA Junkie, which I'm not sure, is Warley Alves, which is crazy because he's coming off a win against Monir Lazez. He lost to Randy Brown, but he, he beat Colby Covington. He, he beat Sergio Morass. Uh, he lost to Usman. Um, he beat Alan Jubon back in the day. He won the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, he's fighting Jeremiah Wells. I think Warley wins this fight. I don't know much about Jeremiah Wells. He's coming off uh, two wins. But that's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, well, it's not the first fight on the UFC page. It's not the first. It says okay, it being the, the – it, yeah, it's right before the final fight. Oh, good. So, of the prelims. So he's not – there's like three okay. fights before – four fights before oh, him. Good, good, good. One, two, three, four, five fights before the Warley Alves fight. 
And then Charles Rosa, who came to Florida to become a chef, he, he went to, he became a chef and he wanted to lose weight. So he went to AT&T to train and now he's in the UFC and he's beaten a lot of good guys, but he's also coming across, uh, he lost to Derek Manor. He beat Kevin, he lost to Bryce Mitchell, beat Kevin Aguilar. He wins and loses. He, he like goes back and forth. He beat Kyle Boschnick, lost to Yair Rodriguez. Uh, he's fighting against Justin James, who took his first fight on like a day notice and knocked somebody out. Lately, though, he's on a two fight, three fight losing streak. Uh, so he needs a win. Uh, I don't know who wins this one. This is going to be a good fight, though. Uh, he also came to my Zoom show and tipped me. So I, <laughs> nice. I, I don't want to pick against him. Um, so uh, who do I like in this one, Greg? Uh, I, I don't know these guys very well, so I couldn't really say. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Tim, and then Tim Means, who went, is fighting Nicholas Dalby. Dalby's a guy who suffered from depression, fucking great fighter. Uh, Tim Means, the guy who went to jail for, like, I think some kind of Oxycontin or meth, said when he used to masturbate in the cell, they would put, like, a little cloth to let people know they were masturbating and don't come in. A little fun fact. Uh, he's fighting Nicholas <laughs> I know. I'm sure people respected that too. That's the way yeah. it goes in jail. I should do like the facts before like people come in. Like you know, they put them on the screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jail and put a towel like that because that's what people want to know, dude. And Bellator, <laughs> she was molested by her coach. Now she's fighting <laughs> Bellator. Like just with all the worst things, Jesus. Oh. Dude, there was a guy in Bellator who on the bottom of the screen it said has has 14 siblings. Like, that was his, like, strength. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like don't, make no mistake about it. That is a strength. Okay? <laughs> no, that, that is someone who had to fight from out the gate. They had to fight for food. So, there's, listen, I'm from a big family. There's, there's a lot of fight there. That does count as training. Uh, I, that's crazy. That, that is crazy. Um, so, have you guys heard about Nick Cannon, by the way? No. What's going on now? <laughs> I can so, only imagine. So Nick Cannon uh, got his, his – uh, so he, he, like, posts on, on Instagram that he uh, had a baby, right? This is his, his seventh baby. Uh, right. Or, or sixth baby. Fourth this year, right? Uh, right. Or maybe third, <laughs> maybe third this year. With, like, and on the, same day, on the same day he posts it, he also announces with another girl uh, that she's pregnant with Nick's baby. Uh, like, the same day the baby came out. Uh, like, like two different. Oh my God! So he's just getting roasted left and right on on, on Twitter. People, yeah, one meme after another about like, but I mean, how crazy is that? Like, so, so it's not just a clever last name. <laughs> this cannon can't stop fire. I mean, Jesus. Like, Put some blanks in that sucker, man. Jesus. Dude, it is so hard to have, like, one kid. I mean, one kid, I mean, seven kids. I guess, and he's so busy, that guy. He's always, how is he going to? Well, I think that's what he's counting on. He's like, I don't have to pay attention to these kids. But that's the other thing. I mean, I, I just, how, how hard is it to just not shoot your load in there, man? Just fucking, you know, you feel, just don't do it. Like, oh, my God. So, I mean, so yeah, he wrote, celebrating you today. She wrote to Cannon. The pregnancy comes after Scott reported. He, put, he also confirmed that another, but yeah, he goes, so, and then, uh, I mean, the girls are all smoking hot. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're all yeah. like, chicks where you're like, oh, I want to have her, I want to have her, but nothing, Brie. 
Uh, but at the same time, like, I mean, what? Is he, and, and then the names of these babies, right? One of them is named uh, Trillion Hair. Like, Trillionaire. Oh, my God. Like, um, yeah, so he has, so Trillion Hair uh, is one of them. The other one. I have a feeling the only way that comes true is if she inherits it or he inherits it, whoever they inherit it from Nick. When he dies, I don't know. That's really putting a big burden on a kid to be like, "You're gonna be a trillionaire." Trillionaire, yeah, yeah. Trillionaire is one of them. Uh, the other one is named um, uh, Powerful Queen. <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. That makes sense. Really? Sure. <laughs> that one's gonna be easier to live up to, especially if it's a guy. <laughs> Trillion hair? I mean, is that? I mean, I don't know, man. Some people just—it's easier to be a powerful queen than a trillion. Trillion hair. Uh, I mean, that's like I, I told you. Every time I was like taking, um, I thought they were just like CBD pills, CBD, and, it was, and they were they were THC. So I was taking like five a night or something, right? Like I was like, oh, I'll just keep popping these, right? They were like these little, and then my wife wanted to do like baby names, which is not the time you want to be high off your. So I was like, oh, we should name him uh, our kid uh, Funnel Cake. I thought Funnel Cake. <laughs> and then my daughter was like, you don't even like Funnel Cake. Uh, like, like, so I was like, yeah, like that was the problem. So, yeah, so Trillion Hair. And the other one is named. Summer, Summer and I used to joke about baby names. And I wanted, I was like, if we ever have a son, I want to name him Luxurio. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll just call him Rio for short. And then the other one is named Zion Mixol Dion. M-I-X-O-L-Y-D-I-A-N. By the way, by the way, I hate when I'm in my car talking to somebody, right? Like my daughter had like a, a meltdown at dance class, right? Uh, at the recital, I told you. So I'm talking to somebody and uh, someone's like, how's your daughter? She's in the backseat. And I, I go, oh, dude, she had a M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N the other day, right? The person goes, a meltdown? I was like, yeah, like, yes, I'm not just spelling it. I know you know how to spell. But like, <laughs> and then my daughter was like, I did not have a meltdown, daddy. Like, so she starts yelling at me having a fucking meltdown. Like, like the, the, when you know if I'm like spelling something to not just like, it wasn't a quiz. I'm not going to spell yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so uh, working Luke Rockhold, man. Fucking well, I mean, he he didn't show up for his last ride either. So. Oh hell! Yeah. Zip zip zing! Got him. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, you guys. Are well, fun. listen, great episode, super fun. I gotta go back to dealing with family business. Yeah. So love talking MMA. Thank you for the break. Love you, buddy. Love the love, love the debris and the baby, and yeah. uh, to McCorkle, and let's hopefully we can get. Uh, hopefully we haven't lost uh, Don Fry forever. Uh, you know. I'll have to do Greg Fi without the real deal. I love you too. Take care, brother. Take care. Take care, man.